Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hello and welcome to Captive Audience, the show where we feed the movies we love to the people we love. I'm your host, Edwin Janes, and today I'm joined by my dear friends and co-hosts, Alex Ward and Sean Roney. Thank you for joining us for this episode about the 1984 classic, The Terminator. With this podcast, we want to tap into why we watch movies, to keep up with what's new in pop culture, to experience something for the first time, and to share that experience with other people. The format is flexible, but today's episode is a response to the question that inevitably comes up whenever you talk about movies. you never seen Blank? In our recent conversations, we've learned that Sean has never seen The Terminator, which is crazy, I know. So today, we'll be watching and discussing it to get his reaction. For one, I love this movie. I remember being a kid in the late 90s and being familiar with the franchise through things like the arcade games, souvenir cups, and visits to Universal Studios. But I'll never forget when my dad showed me this movie. The action was straightforward, but the story was unique and interesting, and Arnold's role in dialogue was so different from what I imagined in my head. I'm excited to share it with Sean, Alex, and all of you as well. The Terminator is currently streaming on Max, so now is the time to go and watch it for the first time or just for this time, and we'll see you in a minute for our reaction. Come with me if you want to live, or, you know, if you just want to hear what we think. In the 21st century, a weapon will be invented like no other. This weapon will be powerful, versatile, and indestructible. It can't be reasoned with. It can't be bargained with. It will feel no pity, no remorse, no pain, no fear. It will have only one purpose, to return to the present and prevent the future. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator. Your future is in its hands. Welcome to Captive Audience, where we have just finished watching The Terminator, uh, and I'm very excited to hear what you guys have to say. So, Sean, as the person who has not seen this movie, what did you think? Well, I <clears throat> I, I like this movie. <laughs> I, I guess I'll start by saying, like, like maybe what I knew about it beforehand. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this has been referenced my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'll be back and all that, uh, and. Uh, and I, it's almost like I feel like I'd already seen it before. Um, and then it being a James Cameron movie, I wasn't too. I don't. I'm not a big James Cameron fan. It's that's like for me, like the Avatar movies, uh, like Titanic <laughs> is a pretty good movie. Uh, True Lies is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and uh, Titanic so, just pretty good for you. Yeah. I mean, and we're not here to long. put Titanic on trial, but I just, you know, just want to just make sure we know uh, where we're at. Man, this movie makes me want to makes me want a gun, though. <laughs> Big old Some, boomstick hanging out the window. With, ideally, one with unlimited ammo that just never. I was paying attention. Yeah, when he's got that Uzi, 
He probably fires yeah. off 300 rounds without ever reloading. You're like, wow, this is a video game gun. Like, what is going on? Welcome I mean, to the future. Yeah. I yeah. mean, was this the first time in a movie that somebody finishes, like, you know, a, a round of ammunition and just throws the gun away? Oh, uh, I, I mean, that's... It, it probably invented that move. This movie came out in October 26, 1984. <laughs> running time, 107 minutes. Uh, budget was $6.4 million, and it did $78.3 million at the box office. A box office hit. That's a big hit in, yeah. the, in the mid-'80s. Yeah. yeah. Written and directed by James Cameron and also co-written by... Uh, Gail, Gail Ann Hurd. Right. Jimmy were, C. They were married after this uh, oh. for a bit. She's gone on to produce like The Walking Dead and some other great things. This is her only screenwriting credit, though. Wow. And she bought it from James Cameron for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> so he could retain his artistic vision and directing it. Oh. That was the whole deal. Oh, wow. Okay. So she's, she, and so, yeah, he married her and then went on to marry. They divorced. Then he married Catherine Bigelow. Right. Another big director. They divorced. Great and then he married Linda Hamilton. Wow. Sarah Connor. So. Oh. Kind of talk about some time travel there, James. <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> um, and now he's just in, you know, he's just in a submarine somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obsessed with water. <laughs> I'm curious about like action movies from this time. Like this, this movie was really, um, this movie was really gun happy. Like a lot of gun talk, 12 gauge, 45, like the Uzi, like, you know, Nine like, millimeter. you know, he's like cutting off the back of the shotgun so it'll fit in his, in his trench coat. Like it was a very like, the guns were almost like characters in the movie. I, <laughs> sure. Like I wanted like just like so much importance was put around them. Um, and I wonder if it, if there was other movies like that, you know, like was. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen I haven't seen Rambo First Blood. Maybe that's like one for this I mean, podcast Rambo at some point. I mean, even more gun happy. Yeah. Die Hard. Yeah. But is he talking about him? Is he like. Well, know? there's only one scene. Where they go into the gun store, but then also like, like I said, like he's he, at one point he's like augmenting the gun, like you right. know, and then they're like, I mean, the Uzi kind of like makes its appearance at one point, like you mm-hmm. know, there's the reveal of it. Um, anyways, yeah, I just I, as someone who is not a gun nerd, I was like, well, boy, like James James Cameron must be a, good, mm-hmm. a gun nerd. Maybe it's kind of a hallmark of action movies. Yeah. Maybe of yeah. this time. Sure. But okay, but that is my question. Like, yeah. is it? Yeah, it was this. I think one of the first so. ones. Or, yeah, yeah. I mean, eighties action movies. I mean, you could yeah. go back sure. a long ways, and there's a ton of guns involved. I mean, uh, I mean, Bond movies have been very involved with guns. Mm-hmm. You know, for since the sixties. Yeah. But all this is to say is, I think I think American action movies in the eighties, there was a element of macho ism there is this dirty hyper Harry. hyper masculinity was like big i mean that's yeah, going yeah. on and arnold is like is the poster child for hyper masculinity in no terms kidding. of just the bodybuilder everything <laughs> well he's a, he just I mean, shows up naked yeah, yeah he, exactly he arrives naked as does reese mm-hmm. yeah but but i mean it is i mean this move i mean ter- the terminator is the I mean whether whether or not it was the first doesn't even matter it is the template for the 80s action gun movie mm-hmm. i mean you get commando is around the, i mean that's another one obsessed with yeah. guns i mean these are all basically war movies like this is this is a war movie mm-hmm. the, the war is happening in the future but right. you know this is just this chapter of the war mm-hmm. uh, in a larger franchise speaking of the future like i think that was like one of my favorite there were okay the guns aside which you know i'm, I'm joking like i like i mean i see stuff like that in a movie and i, and I, I kind of roll my eyes like but that, all that aside, 
Um, I really enjoyed like the sci-fi, you know, the science fiction of it. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I mean, there's a there's a big time travel element in this movie, and uh, you know, I at one point I started thinking to myself, gosh, like if they want to keep Sarah Connor alive to to have this baby, you know. She's been severely traumatized by this entire experience. That's really going to affect her dating moving forward. <laughs> and and is she even going to have a kid? But then and then I did predict at one point I was like, "Oh, Reese is going to be the dad." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, "Yeah." She was talking about Charlie's like about my height. And I think Edwin, you're like, looks exactly like me. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's no, no scene at the end where she meets Jean Connor, yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's the uh, goes to Mexico. It's right. Jose yeah. Connor, yeah. Yeah. Juan Connor, Juan Connor. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think one of the most effective things about this movie is the sci-fi elements of it because of the time, 1984. The I mean, the aspects that maybe have aged the harshest, just for the sake of time is the special effects, the scene set in the future, yeah. uh, some of the moments with the robots, um, the the spaceships and the lasers and things like that. Yeah, and that's... I think, in a way, the movie kind of gets around that by having the main action of the story take place in the then-present, 1984. So it kind of gets around the fact that, I mean, maybe this is a... Maybe this is like a, a, something that has changed in James Cameron's filmmaking because now he does have resources and CGI and other things to make maybe mm, these different yeah. visions. Probably but, more than any other director ever yeah, has. But yeah. at the time, if you're going to make a story like this, it is the most effective to focus on people in the present dealing with the situation versus yeah, right. having these crazy robots and set pieces and laser beams and things yeah. like that. And I like that for a movie that does have to do world building, and I also really you know, like fantasy sci-fi movies and stuff, world building is always a key part of it. That They're yeah. able to do that without having to over-index in these future scenes um, mm-hmm. to tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff, you know, they, they, you know, that must have been a soundstage that they, they built this kind of set of like scrap metal and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And then, of course, they had miniatures right. of, the, of the ships and all the machines and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that's all stop animation, it looks like, yeah, it yeah. Was. which is pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm a, like, I totally love, like, old Hollywood, right? Well, like the, you know, the, the, the shooting on the stage, the practical effects, you know, and this had it all like it had, it had, it had puppets and miniatures and stop animation and explosions and stunt drivers. And like, you know, all that stuff is super cool. Like there's essentially, there were no like computer generated, you know, animation in this, in this, in this movie. I mean, James Cameron had six and a half million dollars to work with here and squeezed Every last drop. I, I, I am mean, curious. Of I don't know like, what that, how that scales, you know, to, to the, the time. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't seem like a lot of money. Well, I mean, like you say, this was such a at, at the time. I think in 1984, and I granted, I was born, you know, four years after this movie came out. So it's not like I saw it in theaters in high school, mm-hmm. where you know. But I mean, at the time, that level of of special effects it was was still pretty new i mean yeah. star wars had come out uh what four five years before this 79 like yeah. i want to say mm-hmm. 78 somewhere in there okay. where star wars and i mean star wars was obviously mind-blowing this too like that imagine this this future that's actually a long time ago in a whole different universe right and it looks mm-hmm. and feels very different like this movie deals with like it's such a it's such a cold it's like this it was height of the cold war this movie came out which mm-hmm. i think bears 
reminding that like well, it's a nu- nuclear, nuclear war. holocaust right. and yeah. fallout, nuclear fallout yeah. is is very much on the forefront of people's minds mm-hmm. in America. I mean, Chernobyl happens two years or a year and a half after this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Chernobyl happens, oh, which is like a serious, like mm-hmm. like in the opening placard of this movie, it says, you know, from the nuclear ashes rose the machines. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like this was very much going on at the time. Yeah, and uh, so to put all this thought into. A movie that, by the way, what did you think when it pops up and it's like Los Angeles, 2029? Oh, yeah. I was five like, yeah. years from now. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, mm-hmm. that's not too far away. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah, cut to like tracks crushing skulls in the street. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Lasers shooting across the sky. Not yeah. far off. And yeah. you're like, well, okay. But, but, uh, but it just goes to show of like, even in the 80s, the concern with, with AI and with, with total collapse of civilization, like, doesn't feel like that's changed much. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, right now, it's like what, what I'm thinking about what is going to destroy us. It's like, well, probably AI mm-hmm. and a massive world conflict, be it natural or otherwise. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is it is wild how it's like, you know, the premise of the Matrix, you know, made 25 years later is like not. Or, well, I guess it's only 15 years later yeah. is 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 not very different. Right. You know, the machines taking over and kind of using the people as slaves. And they basically send back a Terminator to kill Neo. Like, yeah, it's kind of the same movie. Agent X way more slick about it. But it's it's it's, I mean, it's like every every 10, 15 years we're going to have this story. Yeah. You know, what are they? they There's that quote. I think it's Orwell. I'm probably getting that wrong. Every generation thinks they're the last one. It's that kind right, of thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just it is interesting that there is like an overlap with this. I mean, there is that existential fear and that comes with the Cold War and, and yeah. what could be, you know, what could be the end of everything yeah. as, as far as as they or we know it. Um, but yeah, A- another like cinematic element that I really liked in this movie was like the the machine as like a theme. Like you know, we we get uh, when we cut to the the present day mm-hmm. you know we see this kind of like this huge like machine arm thing moving and kind of like pull out and it's a it's a garbage truck mm-hmm. you know and it's right. like it's like i think that's like that was i think that was a really specific choice to make like you know it's not like a construction thing or it's a it's just a garbage truck mm-hmm. you know and and um and uh I, same I, thing happens at the end in the factory. Oh yeah. When he's looking around and it's these machines building something on and there's no humans in that factory. It all comes back to the machines. There's also something really interesting too, where they keep talking about the voicemail machine and she, and her message is like, it's just the machine, but machines need love too. Mm -hmm. So leave a message. Yeah. Like it's like, well, I think too, like there's something with the phone and this use of the machine where the phone is like this thing that connects everyone together, but the Terminator makes use of the phone and imitates the voices and can kind of use that against Mm -hmm. the people that he's trying to track. Um, And her, her leaving a voicemail is the thing that like, he thinks he's killed Sarah Connor in the apartment when he kills the roommate and the boyfriend. Right. But then here's that voicemail click on from her about like, hey, it's Sarah. And she's trying to warn him. And he's like, yeah. So it's like <laughs> mm-hmm. this this the circular dependence on machines is, in fact, the thing that that eventually, you know, and then causes their downfall. And then there's like the other thing, too, of like, I mean, this is where it's, it almost started to get into like sci fi over explaining. But I thought they did it well, which is like, you know, that the the time travel, like you have to be a living organism in order to travel back. And mm-hmm. so the Terminator is actually half, you know, human, half like right. machine. Um and oh, oh, that was another really cool thing too. I mean, the special effects makeup slash puppeting, like that they do with 
you know, his face being torn off and you see the eyeball and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, mm-hmm. all that was so cool. I, I, yeah, I, thought I, was, it was, uh, yeah, really I was curious to hear your reactions about this. So, I mean, uh, people might know us from the other podcasts that we have where we talk about The Office, but in case you are coming to us as a relatively new listener, Sean uh, works TV and film production. So I was very curious yeah. to hear your perspective on those kinds of scenes from so long ago. The eye, the scene with the eye, the scene where he's working on the forearm right. with the face and just kind of like what your take was on all those. That stuff is always interesting because I, I always like to, you know, my mind kind of wanders to like, this was a line in the script, right? That James Cameron just was like, you know, we see his exposed machine eye glowing red. And then the sit down meetings that had to happen after that, <laughs> right. like of like, right. we have this much money, we have this much time, you know, what we could do is, you know, recreate Arnold's head and you could have, you know, it actually, cause we can't, we can add things to his face, but we can't pull away his skin. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so you kind of have to make a fake head that looks just like him. And right. you know, you don't want to you don't want to use that all the time. You don't want that to be his face for the rest of the movie. So you have to decide when are we gonna see that head? When are we instead gonna have like something um, you know, a prosthetic, I think is I think they'd call that a prosthetic added to his face. Yeah. Like Arnold um, spends a lot of this movie with no eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really yeah, funny. that was also interesting. Very I was like and, at one yeah. point I was like, did his did his eyebrows burn off? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that the he gets less and less human as right. it goes in terms of right. his presentation to the world mm-hmm. by the right. end, he starts just fully skeletor. naked. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a naked man. Mm-hmm. Like like, yeah. What's what's the what's the Leonardo DiCap uh, DiCap? Uh, <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci, da Vinci drawing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something of a V, <laughs> blanking on it now. But he basically arrives as that, as does Reese. Yeah, um, Vitruvian man. Vitruvian man. That's right. right. There we go. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think too. There's something that very effective about Arnold in this movie does kind of make it because he needs to be a machine. Um, right. And there is, uh, I mean, this is an IMDb thing, but like working <laughs> to go back to your uh, the gun topic that Arnold worked with guns a lot to like make it seem realistic and make him feel machine like when he's working with them and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also had to be ambidextrous, I guess. Uh, but in, <laughs> like he he has to uh, like him as the machine needs to be believable, right? Otherwise, the premise doesn't maybe like it doesn't feel as realized, I guess. Correct. You know? And he, I mean, he's a bit of a robotic actor, so it's yeah, kind of perfect. Wooden or something. <laughs> well, the the like, even that it's just, you know, how much he's accomplished with, with like, at least especially the eighties with like a broken Austrian accent is just yeah. unbelievable. That yeah. That who he became, but it, it doesn't matter in this movie. It's perfect. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's perfect for it. One like of the, this. one of the funny things that I did kind of think watching this for, and we knew we were going to do this. So I watched it for the second time within a few weeks. And one thing that I did kind of think to myself was if the Terminator can perfectly replicate any voice that it maybe hears or sees, <laughs> then why do they program it with like a voice with an accent? Uh-oh. You know, like yeah. it does seem kind of a funny thing. Yeah. Um, but I <laughs> mean, the, yeah. 2029, all, all the machines are Austrian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny though. He only has, I think, uh, I think his character, the Terminator has 58 spoken words in the right. movie. It's, this is not. He's and, not had a ton of credits at this ha- point. Yeah. Over half of those are in a imitating voice mm-hmm, of, right. of Linda Hamilton's mom. Mm-hmm. So it's like <laughs> he barely speaks. Yeah, uh, at all. I mean, before what this, has he done? Yeah. He, I mean, well, the big ones are uh, Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer. Okay. There's a Huge. bunch of other ones in here, and maybe people have bigger. Um, 
I mean, these are bigger movies than I realize, but like The Long Goodbye, Hercules in New York, The Streets of San Francisco. Like, I think, but this is such a huge movie, you know, yeah. that established him, I think, in such a big way. It, um, and when was Pumping Iron? That was the documentary that, like, was kind of all about him and his mm-hmm. body. That was earlier, I believe. Um, so is that, that's kind of how 1977. Okay, so that's yeah. how he came on the scene. Mm-hmm. And then, and well, there's a great, there's a great Netflix documentary about Arnold. You can watch. Oh, yeah. I should have watched this yeah, before we did this. I, yeah. I've heard great things about mm-hmm. it, but it's huh. a yeah three part series. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. it's one really, of him is really a bodybuilder, one is an actor, one, one is a is politician. A politician, yeah. Oh right, yeah. And I've right. only seen the first one, but yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's very interesting to think about. Like, and then also I would recommend people listen to Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger on Conan the Bryant's podcast because that's a great interview where they talk about a lot of these things uh-huh. in kind of a. Uh, they go through it a bit faster, of course. It's yeah, a yeah. Podcast interview. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. Like even in that interview, Arnold like alludes to the fact that they needed Schwarzenegger to be the machine to yeah. make the movie work. Um, so I mean, in some ways, it's kind of a perfect fit for him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought I I like another thing I'll say is like I thought all everyone in the movie was really good. I did. It didn't ever like. Uh, it occurred to me later that like I don't think anyone was like a bad actor. I thought mm-hmm. Reese did a really good job, and I didn't. I wasn't familiar with him or Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton. Um, and uh, yeah, I think you know you can. It's like it's obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger, but like you know, after a while, you're just like, yeah, there's the Terminator. Like you know, it's it it, uh, it worked really well. I thought. Um, even with his, it's funny how you how quickly you can get over the accent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I, one thing that I was really interested about showing this movie or bringing this movie to you as the first time is that, like, this movie to me in a lot of ways is like an exercise in simplicity a little bit. Like, you don't have these crazy futuristic set pieces that take up the whole movie. Right. You, the lead actor only says however much dialogue in the whole movie. You know, uh, the story kind of moves pretty briskly there. I mean, it's a long movie, but it's not as if there's a lot of extra side plots, you know, um, like I think the movie is just like effective in terms of storytelling and even some of the little throwaway lines like kind of help to bring color to the to the world or like even that scene where she's kind of lamenting the fact that her friends are dead. Like, I think is really important, too, because mm, it kind right. of like kind of shows what her path is from being like this person in the 80s who's a waitress and right. has a roommate to becoming like the future revolutionary leader like how does yes. that happen in the course yeah. of one movie and i don't know I, I just think one thing that i like about this movie is how mm-hmm. kind of in kind the of course of one day yeah yeah like yeah two days maybe yeah. like like even just little like i would like yeah things that i would maybe be like ready to roll my eyes at mm-hmm. were done really well like even when she just like she's in love with reese and she's like you know and he's dying and she's like on your feet soldier mm-hmm. and it's like there's the beginning of her mm-hmm. life as a revolutionary Start you know see it differently right yeah. right mm-hmm. it's like that was the, you know it, it was done well it wasn't too heavy-handed right, right? it right. was like um I it mean, could have been super. It, it could have been, been very so over the top, and very corny. Right. Yeah, so there bad. could have been like something too, like you know, like a close up of her saying that, or mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It was kind of just like it's kind of just there for you to like be like, oh, that could be. Well, and and the movie is pretty restrained for a while, which really works in its favor in that you don't get the full exposition dump from Reese. Yeah. Until like forty five minutes into the movie, like right. it's kind of a ways. Yeah. When when there's the shootout at the bar. Right. And, uh, you know, the tech noir, which is kind of what you could describe this movie as. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) 
But that's where she's she's been running from Reese, thinks he's after her. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who then saves her in the bar and then gets away. Mm-hmm. Only then does you start to get any background on what's going on. Mm-hmm. So the movie actually, for almost half of it, plays out as kind of just this cat and mouse murder whodunit in L.A. Mm-hmm. You know? right. And then with with some you know apocalyptic scenes cut in there. But like that's why I think why it's so successful is like you said, Edwin. It 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 resists spending too much time in 2029 in that yeah. world yeah. and more of like, how do we tell the story in eighties LA? Yeah. I think too. I mean, that's a, such a good point because it'd be easy for us. I, at this point, if you haven't seen the Terminator, it's easy, like, it's pretty hard to go into it without any sort of <clears throat> expectation, understanding or knowledge of what's in the movie. It's, it's, it's a classic and a cliche for a reason, you know, yeah. because it was so famous and it did all these things. But I wonder what it would be like to walk into a theater Oh my With god! No expectations to see this movie. Yeah. Like how how oh, great yeah. that would have been as an experience. It's summertime, nineteen eighty four. You know, come out October, of the arc- come yeah. in October. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get out of school, hit the arcade, go mm-hmm. see this movie. Yeah. Like the other thing that kind of goes with the exhibition or the yeah that piece of it is that I think the appetite for maybe tech jargon, let's say, yeah, was probably a little bit higher in the mid eighties than yeah. it is now. Like when they talk about microseconds and smashing defense grids and things like that. Like, it feels a little of the time now, but, you know, like you have to kind of imagine if you're in the 80s, what does your vision of the future look like in 40 years with flying cars and lasers and, you know. But uh, all those words feel like in the 80s with like the synth wave and like this neon, like I think those types of words and concepts were really fun to wrestle with. Yeah, really cool. Because think about like where computing was at that time. Like it was really going from computer in a room in the 60s to in the 80s it finally was like you can you can kind of get a computer that's can be in your house Mm -hmm. right and like i think that idea of like consumer technology wait what if it turns against us was really exciting and like (laughs) this movie just hit at the right time in the right way and like it it could have been so bad yeah and there's probably hundreds of movies we've never heard of that are basically this, that are just garbage yeah. you know, from the same time period. Yeah. It's like, What's it's- fun about looking at sort of these imaginations from back then is that, yes, they can see the trend and this this fear of like, what if the machines turn us is like, is right. pretty universal or, uh, you know, is, is uh, not an original one for from, our, yeah. from modern times. But it is interesting to see that how much of this vision of the future with these machines is mechanical. Yeah. Like at the time, they'd probably, I mean, they don't have the same sort of understanding of the digital and the virtual that we have now. Right, right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what's, and even from like a visual perspective, what's possible through screens and color and simulations and like to, like so much of it is like, I think of that scene where he's cutting into his arm and it's right. supposed to be like this robot from the future and it's like, yeah, like it's all it, hydraulics. It's just and kind of three hydraulic yeah. things in there instead of a bunch of wires. Exactly. You know? It's yeah, so yeah. mechanical. You right, know, right, it's, it's, right. Yeah, it's like three buttons on a trumpet. It's like, oh, he's just got three, <laughs> three metal skewers in that arm. That's mm-hmm. it. That controls all the fingers. <laughs> um, I mean, certainly, like, I think it's worth mentioning that Blade Runner, Ridley Scott's mm-hmm. movie, came yeah. out in 1982, so two years before this, which did such an incredible job of kind of creating, um, is also set in the future in L.A., mm-hmm. and um, did such an incredible job of, like, creating, like, you know, what, like, the cultural, like, you know, wh- where we're going that way, and I think that, like, you know, James Cameron and, and Gail, they had to know, you, you know, they. I, I wonder if there was any sort of discussion of let's not go that far with like painting the picture of the future. That's not like, I mean, Blade Runner did an incredible job of it. Yeah, and sure. like, we don't want to spend our money on that. 
like it's the the future is very kind of you can barely see it it's very right. dark you know and it's like they just don't and and um i mean uh anyways i i think like, like you, please tell me one of you hasn't seen Blade Runner, so we can talk about all this. Uh, I have not uh, seen Blade I've, Runner. What? Yes. Oh, oh, wonderful. Okay, not great. seen Blade Runner. All right, say that one for, uh, It's worth mentioning just for the sake of it that Blade Runner had a thirty million dollar budget. Yeah, wow. the six yeah. million dollar right. budget for this. Movie. I was. I went yeah. a different direction. I looked up Alien, which mm. came out in nineteen seventy nine. Mm-hmm. So five years before this, Sean has not seen Alien either. Yeah. So that's, that's right. another one that we'll have to yeah. do on this show. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that had 11 so it had twice it had 11 million almost twice right. about nearly twice so, the budget so this, this is a movie. low this is a pretty low like, budget it's just a low budget yeah. sci-fi movie yeah that I, let's take blade runner alien and terminator like terminator might be the alien is pretty mm-hmm. tough to beat but like just in terms of the impact it had for what it was made cultural influence like terminator is huge Mm -hmm. yeah and made for half the money well and we should acknowledge as well like the okay the premise of this podcast is so much geared around not reacting to movies that you haven't seen that maybe you missed it at some point and sean you also haven't seen t2 yeah right i'm so excited to watch the second piece to this we'll do that because that came out in 91 Mm -hmm. And the technological leap from eighty four to ninety one very yeah. different is yeah. kind of on the rate where and I'm sure it would there's be a budgetary a... <laughs> leap as well. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. and six point five million dollars <laughs> instead of six point four. Yeah. yeah, but like <laughs> it's it is crazy because in those five years, how different T one and T two look. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm sure. Feels like you're on the track towards twenty twenty nine L A. from this movie. Yeah, where, like we are growing like crazy. Yeah, I mean, then you jump to like two thousand seven when you, the iPhone comes out. It's like. Yeah, this is happening really, really fast. I thought you were going to say Terminator Genesis. Not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not quite in the direction right. we thought it'd go. But, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, I kind of to circle back to that. Just mm-hmm. back to you, Sean, having seen this for the first time, outside of the lens of like this is an '80s movie. Uh, I mean, what did you? What surprised you about this movie going into it that you thought it might be, or was there anything that that you just weren't really prepared for that that you either liked or disliked? I mean, I really, I really did think going into it, I, I thought I was gonna like it. Like, I thought, I, I thought, um, I think you know, if if people listen to the Love Actually episode or listen to our other podcast, they know like I, I can get pretty skeptical. I can start to see them making the movie and like, or like, see a, an old dude at his desk writing the script for it, and like, you know, you just kind of like get out, like, you know, that's where like a movie loses me, and I didn't feel that way watching it. Mm-hmm. I, I. I was along for the ride and um, I really enjoyed it. I will say like, I think like (laughs) James Cameron, like, like has a, like, well, all the normal people in the beginning of the movie are so cheesy. (laughs) Like Like the punks, the punks. Oh, Oh, Bill Bill Paxton. Paxton. (laughs) Talk about Bill Paxton. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like what a role. I mean, I think those things were, but, but you move on so quickly from that or like the police, like where you, (laughs) That coffee's two hours cold. That's a note that I have is cop talk. (laughs) Yeah, the cop talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where, like, I'm like, the the police chief is like, what's this? And then he tells him what it is, and he's like, I have eyes, you know. It's yeah, like, it's you just like, asked him. Like, what, the, yeah. what the hell is this? <laughs> it's like really mm-hmm. cheesy. Yeah. yeah, but like you know, I think as the movie go- rolls on, that you you like either you just stop noticing it, or maybe maybe it gets better as it goes. Well, I mean, at a certain point, all the cops die too. That's true. So, they yeah. all die. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. I mean, the roommate. Bill mm-hmm. Paxton's yeah. heart gets ripped out of his yeah. chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or no, that's the other punk. But yeah, they don't. None of them seem to. That's have right. a good fate yeah. there. They yeah. all are terminated with a dark fate. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, I one thing I, I, you know, again, this is some trivia here that while shooting this film, James Cam- Cameron resorted to what he called guerrilla filmmaking as a way of getting around permits needed to access oh, yeah. certain scenes. So, wow. Yeah. Quickly arriving, shooting, and leaving before the police arrived. And it says, as a result, some of the people used in a few shots are actually citizens unaware they're in a movie. Wow. That's... I mean, <sighs> shout out shout out to James Cameron here for getting this movie done. Because also, what I was reading is like, I think not long before this movie, he was still living out of his car. Yeah. Like, he basically made this, <laughs> like yeah. this glorified student film. Obviously, it's not a student film yeah, with yeah, $6 yeah. million. Dollars, but... Just to say that, like, he was still doing stuff like that, and maybe he could get away with that in the early 80s, make it this movie. But he's still, it's like, he is working with one of, like, this this budding massive star, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, in Schwarzenegger. And, like, again, it's so perfect because what you really need is his size and his roboticism to make this role work. And he's so perfect. But, like, Linda Hamilton really, like, this movie does not work at all without that performance. Or, I don't know, there's something about her... That feels really special for this role because mm-hmm. she's gorgeous, but she is mm-hmm. not like look at look at other leading actresses in 80s movies. It's like not they don't look like Linda Hamilton necessarily. Mm-hmm. And like w- when you see T2 and you see how yoked Linda Hamilton gets, yeah. it's inspiring. <laughs> it's one yeah. of the most inspiring <laughs> changes between two movies I have oh, ever wow. seen. OK, cool. That is a line from the Arnold documentary where he like meets with Linda Hamilton for them to kick off a second one. He says, she's more ripped than I am. (laughs) It's amazing. That's awesome. But it's just like, she's gorgeous, but it's just like the casting. She's, she's so good in this role. Like, like you said, very believable in her coming to terms with the stakes of what's going on, of just seeing and like the, the trauma she's experiencing in real time, but having to keep fighting. She really conveys that in a really good sense. And I also like totally believe the, like what she's able to do, you know, just in terms of the action, like it's right. all, it all kind of tracks and really made sense. And she does, she learns as she's going along. She starts to slowly build some skills. She does that field dressing for Reese. Mm-hmm. Right. He's I don't like, think nice. she's ever like firing a gun even. Yeah. No, she doesn't is really she? need to. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, that, I mean, which is kind of like a, one of those things that are, would, would have been unbelievable is like how is she like a sharpshooter all of a sudden or something. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. They don't do any of that. Right. Um, so it's just to say, like, this movie, despite it being about, you know, the the apocalyptic future of AI and of machines and humanity, it, it really does rely on really basic human things to succeed, which yeah. is like, mm-hmm. it pre- it's just like the fear, the fear response, yeah. the things we care about, and like fighting through all that, you yeah. know, and, c- and coming out the other end a different person. I mean, that's what being human is. So this movie is like, it could have stretched itself so thin. And it, I mean, this movie's an hour 47. Yeah, it's it's uh, under yeah like hour forty five. Yeah, it's like and hour forty seven. Yeah, yeah. Today these movies would be would be like two and a half hours. That's short. Mm-hmm. It's how long movies should be, but that's another discussion. Shorter. They did this all in under two hours. Yeah. It's like mwah, it's perfect, you know. But it, it never feels forced. Um, I mean, it, and I I do want to say too, like again, like I I really liked the the Reese character and like you know the you. You, um, Kyle. They, Kyle. <laughs> they should have just left it at Reese. Uh, no. um, do you have a first name? No. I put it first name. Re- also Reese. Chaz. It's Reese. Reese. <laughs> yeah. Reese. Chaz. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, Pieces. I mean, he was good. I thought, like, you know, like the juxtaposition of like Arnold showing up and like just kind of like. You know, he's just like a rock that just landed on Earth and like he's fine. And then you know. You can tell 
like, you know, right away, just from the way that they're acting and just from the way that it's shot that that Arnold's like a robot and this other guy is probably a human, you know, it's, right. it's just like he's he shows up with scars um, right away. He steals the pants. He's running from the cops. Right. Yeah, it's right. shown that he's very mortal right yeah. away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, versus Arnold literally is just like takes takes down. Those three guys right away give yeah. me your clothes. Right. Whereas he's just kind of running around in, in the in the shadows. He's a predator. Like it's that. it's yeah. total predator prey. Like yeah. right away. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And and you know again, imagine seeing this in 1984 in the theaters without knowing any of this. Yeah. You've never heard about this movie. Right. You know. Right. Um, there's a lot of strengths. I think for some of the flaws for me is like the gunplay gets a little tedious at times, which is again that's more of a product I think of 80s movies. Sure. Mm-hmm. Of guns that never need reloading. Only one person's hitting their shots. Yeah. In this case, you're literally hitting a robot, and they keep shooting. And he's like, "You guys got, you can't do that." Well, what's the point of having, yeah? The guy, yeah. Like, you, it, it does you know? slow him down a little bit. Yeah. Well, there's that line where they, there is a line where they say, "Can you stop?" And he's like, "With these women's, maybe." Right. You know, which I thought I don't know. It doesn't explain right. away everything, but well, right, like yeah. when Reese shows up in the bar, and he has the shotgun, and he's it's a sawed-off shotgun. He's like been preparing for this moment, and mm-hmm. I think he knows that, like, well a good five to six blasts of this thing right away is at least going to knock him backwards and knock him down mm-hmm. yeah. and give you time to Buy run away. Time. That's about yeah. all you can do mm-hmm. with this guy. Right. Or like um, blow away some of the the real human skin or something right. the like organic that. The organic material hide or something. on the yeah. frame. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So there's, I mean, there's sometimes the action. Well, actually, I wanted to ask you this, Sean. Did, did this feel like more of a sci-fi movie or more of an action movie? I don't. I mean, that is a good question. It. I mean, it, it really. I mean, it really felt like half and half. Uh, but I guess I would say more of a sci-fi movie. Oh, really? Okay. In the end, I think. Yeah. Well, because otherwise, I don't know. If it was more of an action movie, I, I might have like the the. I, I would have been left wanting more of the sci-fi. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I like so I felt satisfied felt satiated by the amount of sci-fi that was in the movie good, good. uh which kind of leads me to say like yeah i think it was i think it leaned more towards sci-fi again like comparing to something like blade runner which is like you know this very slow like the, right. the world building is just like so immense right um i mean they really get into the whole cyborg thing in that movie or like um, 2001 space odyssey yeah. where it's like pure Ex, you know, exploration right. of sci-fi, which yeah, in a, in a, in a like thematic a, sense. Those are both almost yeah. more like art house movies, right. like art movies compared to this. Which, in that, you know, looking comparing those, it's more of an action movie for sure. But yes, I think in, it's literally the most ripped guy on earth. Yeah, with two guns in each hand. Yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> and sunglasses on a motorcycle. Like yeah. you can't get a higher action. But you're right. I think that's that's the beauty but, of this movie is it feels like it's all. Yeah. It's not, it's totally earned. All yeah. of that is earned. It makes yeah. sense. And yeah. it's even like the first people he meets just happen to be wearing all leather jackets mm-hmm. and look like punk bikers. Yeah. It's just like, it, it actually, it makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Tough. yeah. I think, I think like uh, on the other side, if you compare it to something like True Lies or like Die Hard or something like that, that, that are just pure action movies, this, yeah, this totally looks like a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Um, and a nice little amount of comedy throughout. It's nice. I mean, in this movie, there's some little jokes here and there. I'll be like, back as a joke. I, I liked yeah. that that was a joke. You Did know? you know what that was before? 
I mean, I'm sure you've heard the line. I was, I was, yeah, no, I didn't know when he was going to say it or why, you know, because because uh, if you if I know some people are going to listen to this and they're they're not going to watch the the movie. So when uh, so Arnold walks into the police station at one point, Sarah Connor's in the back, and he's like, you know, can I go back there? I'm a friend of Sarah Connor's, and they're like, no, you just have to wait here, and he just does this like, you know, robot kind of like scanning the room, and then he just says, I'll be back. And then he drives his car through, the, <laughs> like so. He, he does. Back. He does his little Came like right computes. Away. Like, yeah, I could, I could just drive the car through here. This, and, this should be fine. <laughs> I'll be in. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was kind of like a. It, it was. It was played as a joke. It wasn't like just some something that people thought was funny. Um. And I, I thought that was good. Yeah. yeah. Or just some of the misdirections, where, uh, you know, the roommate. You th- you think the Terminator is going to be in the apartment already and it's the iguana scares her on top of the fridge. Yeah. There's just some of those little misdirections that are, the movie just sort of has fun with it. Yeah. Just cause yeah. why mm-hmm. not? Um, but yeah, I, I, that, that element is fun to me. I mean, it's, it manages to not feel campy that much despite when yeah, you look I, at it and you're like, this is crazy from on paper. This movie's insane, but like, it doesn't ever feel that way. It, it doesn't really. Yeah. yeah, I mean, besides the cops and and the and the real world people, like her, yeah. you know, I mean, another example of just dialogue that I was like, has James Cameron like does he know real people? <laughs> like yeah. when like the girl when her roommate is like, you know, at the restaurant. That is is her roommate at the restaurant, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and she's like, "Oh, you gotta see this! You gotta see this!" And then like they go to and then and on the news, it's like someone with her name has been like you're murdered gonna love in this. her own she home. She says you're gonna love this. Yeah, it's like what? Like that's Sarah not Connor. how a normal person would react yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is like so many of the kind of figures in this movie feel so of the time. Yeah, I don't want to say like so eighties, but so of the time or of movies of the time. It is which very eighties too. You know right? the guy. The guy. I we I. Laughed with shot about this a little bit. The guy operating the what is it? The trash compactor or what it is at the beginning of the movie? Oh yeah, the yeah, garbage oh truck? yeah, yeah. yeah the, 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 the garbage truck, yeah, garbage yeah. truck, yeah, yeah. With the cigarette, the a cigar in his mouth, mm-hmm. and yeah. what the and, hell? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> or like the uh, like I said, cop talk. Just the way that the cops all <laughs> great, talk. Yeah, like, great cop talk. It's all it's all, it's all very uh, of the time. Or the uh, the landlord, or he's like a cleaning person or something. Yeah, he has a cigar in his mouth. Hey, buddy, you got a dead cat in there? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or how about even even at the very end when they're she's in Mexico, just mm-hmm. at the gas station, yeah. a little oh yeah, a little photo. That is definitely where it gets yeah. campy, yeah. <laughs> but like, but it those moments are those moments are so few and far between. Like the the movie stays very focused on the three central characters, which yeah. which works in its favor. I, I I even liked the um criminal psychologist who oh, yeah. was almost kind of worked as like some sort of like surrogate audience member in mm-hmm. the movie, where he's like. He's like, you know, it's a pretty good story. It's not mm-hmm. really like there's no like room for like burning a proof or whatever. I, I can't remember what exactly yeah. what he says, but mm-hmm. it almost did feel like that guy was supposed to represent like a sci-fi nerd, you know, watching the movie being like, you know, skeptical that, mm-hmm. you know, there were holes in the in the in He's the like, plot I think you're insane, and, but this is a great idea for a screenplay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah right. At the same time, that character doesn't like steal too much attention or doesn't feel like they insert their personality yeah. too much. They're mostly asking questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, that, again, yeah, an effective use there. Yeah. I, I kind of thought, I was like, when that guy was introduced, I was like, here's where this is going to get corny or this yeah. guy's going to be like over the top. And mm-hmm. it, was, it, it wasn't. So, tip for Reese if you're going to travel back in time like this, like be prepared, come with a cover story yeah. of like what's going on. Cause when he's in the police station being like, 
there's a thing called Skynet. It's going to wipe us all out. And it's yeah. like, you would know that no one is going to believe you, right? Yeah. Yes and no, though. <laughs> Come on. Yes and no, though. Because I'll say, it to, like, I mean, we see them in the future. They're living in squalor. He's not educated. Mm-hmm. He's not, uh, like, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a survivor. Like, he, they just You're right. he's never been to put the him in the before. time machine and, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. It's actually more significant that that he goes back in time and isn't just baffled by everything around him. That's true. You're right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then he knows how to, you know, hotwire cars. Yeah, he's like, and fuck stuff. this. I'm in LA. This yeah. is awesome. He's like, <laughs> oh my God, this is the best food I've ever had. We just eat bugs yeah. where I'm from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They go out for tacos in Santa Monica. Yeah. And he's like, I. I don't mind if you kill. I'm going to live my days out here until the apocalypse. Like he goes into a store with a very understanding what to go for and what shoes to pick out. Yeah. You know, so that should be the bigger miracle. Yeah, right. That's That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It is funny to think about that. You know, yes, he went back to protect Sarah Connor from the Terminator, but like kind of the main objective of his mission was just to bang Sarah Connor. Without <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't know it. Yeah, he didn't know it. <laughs> and then based on you what think she's in the saying, John is the... like, "This guy looks a lot like me. He could yeah. be my dad." Yeah. <laughs> well, based on the the tape that she's recording at the end, it kind of and I haven't seen T two or T three, but like it kind of seems like she probably told John at some point, like, "Yeah, Reese is your dad. Like, you got to send him back. Like, otherwise, you'll never exist." <laughs> right. And this is, of course, a. We we don't need to get into the weeds on on time travel. Oh boy! Yeah. Uh, I mean, we are experts, so why not? Yeah. <laughs> I know, but uh, some of the plot holes with time travel are always just like I, I can't yeah. think about it because yeah. none of this would actually make. I sense. thought, that, yeah, they did. A, I think I thought they did a pretty good job there with the time travel. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. The best way for movies to deal with that is just to not really worry about it too much. Mm-hmm. Just know that it can happen. It's fine. Everything was destroyed in the future. There's no no one else is coming back. <laughs> yeah, there's no way for them to once. go back. Yeah, and then that one throwaway line where he says a possible future, maybe I don't know. You know, that's yeah. enough. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. That's yeah. all they know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, quickly on Reese, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of fun thing, fun side note about this. So that role was offered to Sting. Uh, frontman okay. for the police. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who kind of looks a little bit yeah. like that. Like mm-hmm. 80s Sting kind of does look like Reese. Totally. Um, it was also offered to uh, Bruce Willis, did not get the part. He's kinda, He would have been perfect as well. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he gets Die Hard uh, four years later. So okay, okay. That's fine there. Um, but yeah, it went through this, that role went through a lot of people. It's a pretty, pretty big deal role yeah. um, for a leading man, you know, handsome leading man of that time. Um, it says Bruce Springsteen was considered, even though he has no acting experience. <laughs> wow. Okay. You know, get stars together. It's going to go great things. Mm-hmm. Also on the radar, Matt Dillon, Kurt Russell, Tommy Lee Jones, Mickey Rourke, Christopher Reeve, and Mel Gibson. Wow. Okay. Uh, and instead it went to Michael, I don't even know how to say his last name, Bean, Bine, mm-hmm. hmm, who I don't. I don't know anything he's from. Anything he's else. not really gone on to do a ton after that. Huh? But he was good. No, I like, mean he was. Good. I mean he was. Uh, he's known for The Rock. He's known for The Abyss. He's known for Aliens. Oh, so, oh. which are all, yeah. almost all James Cameron movies, right? Uh, the Rock, maybe not. But. Okay, he's the main. Yeah, he's one of the main. Um, uh, what do you call him? Like guys on Ed Harris's team. Yeah. Like one of the crazy guys who mm-hmm. wants to take Commander the Anderson. Yeah, he yeah. actually wants to launch the missiles. Right, yeah. that's that guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, got it. Um, although it's funny, it makes me wonder what the casting process is like, because I mean, I, I, I don't, uh, 
not believe you with all these people that are considered, but you wonder to what extent is like, well, we wanted this person, right? But they weren't James, available. Yeah, yeah, is James yeah. Cameron still uh, sitting in his car that he lives in? <laughs> yeah. being like, did you call Mel Gibson? <laughs> oh, you know, Couldn't get through. Uh, I really love this Bruce Springsteen <laughs> album right now. Yeah. Well, maybe he'd do it. Yeah, uh-huh. look at this picture of Sting. Wouldn't he be great? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, while we're on this subject, Bears Bears saying that so Orion, which is the studio behind this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, initially wanted O.J. Simpson to play Terminator. Wow. Whoa. Because he was a pretty big star at the time. I guess, After the yeah. Naked Gun stuff. Yeah. I guess it could have been done. But I did. I, I like <laughs> it Arnold says, was really good. I, yeah. Whatever this article, who, who knows if it's true. But uh, it says James Cameron dismissed the thought because Simpson came off as too nice of a guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he'd have his own Terminator saga. And <laughs> <laughs> a decade he later. He himself so. <laughs> was a Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on uh yeah um oh also and reese was supposed to have a a sidekick which was a little cyborg dog what yeah oh, i think this movie's great. made today he definitely has that little mm-hmm. there was some, there was something with the dog cgi and it's voiced by bill Hader. Yeah. <laughs> i don't think this is a good idea yeah yeah <laughs> you ever seen barry yeah <laughs> It's just like a cool show. <laughs> there was there was something with the with dogs in this movie. Like there the were dogs they can kept... tell the humans from the the infiltrators. Yeah. Was that Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you, oh, okay, I missed that. Was that something that was they explained like when, at one point? Well, they were like, well, you see it when the robot like they say like the infiltrators was was it got difficult because they could get in. And so you see Reese go home and get let in and they have the two dogs at the front. Right, right. And then when he hears the dogs barking, that's when the guy starts to open the jacket and start firing. Sure, sure. Yeah. Right. And then later, uh, even, you know, I'm watching it again. I was watching for a second time in a few weeks, so I was reading the subtitles a little more closely. There's even in a, a line that is like on chatter on the radio where it's like, our scout heard its paws so were coming back. Yeah, you know? right. Or our spotter heard right. its paw. And then at the end, Linda Hamilton has a dog in the car. So, yeah, which, yeah. And that oh, oh, stays on as like, you keep the dog close by. Right, and there was a there was a dog at the motel. I feel like all the dogs were German shepherds in this movie, which maybe was just kind of one dog (laughs) or two dogs working working the whole shoot. Um, (laughs) A lot of budget here, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, that's interesting. They must have not had the money for the cyborg. It's it's tough sell. I mean, they're already doing stop motion, full Terminator (laughs) skeletons. You know, I guess I guess it could have just been a if it's a cyborg dog, it's just a real dog. Could but it been. just gets expensive, I'm sure. Like, right. but, you know, how are we gonna? <laughs> you know, you think ten years later, that's such a great merchandising opportunity. You know, a little the cute little, you know, it's like Star Wars. All every Star Wars movie has a very sellable, cute sidekick in every movie now. That's right. Yeah, that's and it's like, <laughs> you mean Adam like... Driver? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Driver. Life... I'm, I'm your kid's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Driver dolls and happiness. Oh God. <laughs> Now with real brooding, yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, Yeah. Anyway, uh, those were some fun facts Mm -hmm. uh, about this movie. One funny thing that I I was I was I kind of curious if if you saw this or this stood out to you, but especially in rewatching it this time, uh, a lot of it we talked about practical effects, prosthetics, things they had to do to make things realistic or feel. There's a lot of like dummies or stand-ins for Arnold Schwarzenegger to just get 
destroyed in this movie. Oh. The one that crashes into the, the car crashes into the wall. Well, the one that falls out of the truck and catches fire. Like I, I like these the ones just get annihilated. Pipe bomb exploded. Yeah, they get terminated. There is some really detailed like shots of him getting run over by that eighteen yeah. wheeler. Right? Yeah, <laughs> <I know. laughs> they really just like, out, yeah. And then I I loved too when he was just on fire getting out of that truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that that was all cool. Yeah, no kidding. He really gets put through. Uh, they made a, there were a lot of dummies and you know fake pieces of Arnold's body that were made for this yeah. for this movie. It is crazy. This you think about uh, over the course of of the film, like the action actually slows down. Like it gets more intense, but it starts like to it literally to a grinding halt mm-hmm. at the end, where it's like it goes from full car chases with guns when they're like in the police shootout. And then there's sort of the garbage truck one. But then from there, it like continues to just get to like closer and closer quarters. Mm-hmm. And it, it stays so contained in that way where it gets from like to the point where it's like it's a half a skeleton crawling through industrial machinery yeah. in a very tight space. And it's it ends with the arm like mm-hmm. on her on her neck. Like, yeah, it, it gets really, really up in her face, uh, which was a really interesting choice to have it move at that pace. Mm-hmm. Like I, literally crawling it through It feels machines. more existential. It's like life and death and both yeah. sides are, or both groups are like really tired and exhausted. Yeah. Right. And, you know, they're at, at the end of their human capabilities, right? Reese is dead and she's so exhausted. Her leg is broken or cut or something and yeah. she's crawling through that space. I thought watching it again, yeah, go into an enclosed space. That usually works out very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great. But, um, but yeah, and then the machine is 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 lost all of its human tissue. It's going slowly, mm-hmm. gets crushed. It, like it takes all of these things. Yeah. Um, but right. there's this exhaustion that comes, and I thought that was really well done. Yeah. There. Thank I mean, God that there was an iron press workshop right mm-hmm. here. Yeah. <laughs> I made the joke too. She's just reaching for a button, and then hits the button, and it, and it you know crushes him. It's like. Uh, it's like what that's like, oh, that, those are just the lights. It yeah. just turns on the lights in the factory. Um, it's just a magnet. It pulls the robot up. Looney Tunes, <laughs> Lo- Looney Tunes kicks in. And it gets rebuilt right there. Yeah, it gets hit with a big wooden mallet on an arm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. the pieces of his body are now whatever that factory makes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a clock at the end. Yeah, his arms are just yeah. like laundry vents. Like. Who would know? Clock is yeah, <laughs> exactly the Looney Tunes route. Yeah, um, <laughs> the, the the venue I got married in had one of these big iron presses in it. I would, oh yeah, I remember touring the venue and being like, "This looks like right where the Terminator gets crushed." <laughs> the real hero of the movie is a hydraulic press. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you go online, you can watch That's the hydraulic true. press versus gummy bears. You can watch it versus tennis ball. Now you can see it here. You can see it versus Terminator. Yeah, this is the one on one series. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, yeah. I think like you know the the pace or like the formula of this movie too is like you know I I also wonder how much it influenced it was influenced by movies before and then influenced movies after because the pacing mm. felt perfect for an action movie i even like at one point was like you know when they're when he's blowing up the police station i was like realizing like when are when is there going to be any sex in this movie and then and that's when i was like oh she's gonna it's her and reese and that and of course there's the part where things quiet down they're hiding out they feel safe yeah, dude, the tiki very motel. intimate scene mm-hmm. 
Um, There's and- this tight shot of the hand clutching the bed sheets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they go back to the shot a few times. Yeah. Slamming like against the refrigerator. Um, <laughs> the piano theme that sounds like Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which has now been stuck in our heads yeah. since we finished. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, and then, you know, just like like you guys are saying with the ending, it's like you know when when all his skin burns off and he's just a robot. It's it's very like final boss, you know. Like right. it's it's um, even though that, even though the final boss robot has a has a limp. It's funny. He's <laughs> kind of like yeah. yeah. Well, Arnold does it earlier in the movie as well. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. I almost like that was almost cheesy. It almost would have made more sense if like he just like didn't had one leg or something like right. that. You know, but. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. It. It. It felt. And again, it only being a, an hour and forty-seven minutes, it didn't leave room to get bored or like you know. I. I mean. I remember. I. I don't watch a ton of like Marvel movies and stuff lately. I think the last thing I saw was the DC the 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 Batman with Robert Pattinson. Oh yeah. And he's like. Man, that movie just keeps going on and on and on and on. Like I mean, I mean the this, movie like three hours. It's really too. long. Yeah, yeah, really long. And like this, it it just it. It had the perfect peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. It it, I, the I really. You mean the Terminator had the perfect? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, I think that this movie had a really great, you know, formula pacing for 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 an action movie. So, mm-hmm. I'm glad. Well, I'm glad to hear you liked it. I think I <laughs> I was uh, I did. I also thought you were gonna like it, and I was very excited mm-hmm. to show it to you because. I thought the reality of what this movie is was going to be maybe very different from what you might have been expecting, especially because T1, T2, what are the differences? What are people alluding to Mm -hmm. or referencing? Um, Can be very different from movie to movie. So, and this movie is, uh, they're they're very different, the two movies. That's all I'll say. But uh, I was uh, very excited to hear your reaction to this one. Yeah. 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 No, I I really did like it. And I think it was a great one for for the podcast. So thank Mm -hmm. you for bringing it. Because I, yeah, I think... um, I'm very excited to see T2. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm invested now. Um, and uh, as Robert Pattinson, Paul Dano. As the... <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Colin Farrell, unrecognizable as one of the Terminators. You're going to love it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think I saw that movie. <laughs> it's Colin Farrell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, my, I don't know if I have like any, any great final thoughts here other than, um, yeah, it was, it was genuinely a good movie. It wasn't like overly cheesy. It wasn't, um, overly like misogynistic action movie. There was a little bit of like, at one point I was like, I wanted to be like for Reese. I wanted to like pretend he's like saying like, I'm trying to protect you, you bitch. (laughs) Well, he's just like being very like, he's like, you know, he's like, He's like, do what I say, and like all this stuff. Anyways, right. that all calmed down, and like it, mm-hmm. it, it got better as it went on. Because, but, uh, um, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought, I thought it was, a, a, I thought it was a great movie, really fun, yeah, really good. Yeah. Do good we movie. dare? I, I, do you want to do a? We, Run it right back. We never talked T2. about ratings, but uh, like, if you were to do it, even to a decimal point, mm-hmm. something point something out of ten, what, where, where would you, where would you put this movie? Having just seen it, maybe we all give it one, and we have an average score. I don't know. I'm making this up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd give it like, I'd give it like an eight. You know, I think like, I mean, if if ten is really like one of the best movies I have ever seen, yeah, like eight, like it's like eight point yeah. zero, eight point one, eight point seven point nine. I'll give it maybe. <laughs> I'll give it an eight point oh. Eight point oh. Eight point oh. I think it, it was like 
I think it was deserving of its, you know, its fame and popularity. Yeah. I think it was iconic. That was, you know, really fun. Not too long. Like I would, I could, I could watch this movie again. I think mm-hmm. I would. I would certainly say to somebody who's never seen The Terminator, you've never seen Terminator, you gotta watch it. <laughs> you know, so I think, uh, like, I would say it's one of the best action movies I've ever seen. Definitely. That's great. I, I would mean, definitely yeah. say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'll give, so, it, I'll uh, give so, it an 8.4 for 1984. I, was, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to do that, but... Uh, yeah. It is. It's it's just an awesome action yeah. movie. The, the soundtrack, low-key banger. Like, yeah. there's some oh, really yeah. cool... The, the synth... Pure like, synth wave. Photo go- play. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, locations are great. Like, every... The motel... Uh, the bar shootout, the police, did, like every, every setting is, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the factory at the end. Like it kind of, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I thought, it, what, what is your rating for the movie? I will give it, I'll give it an 8.5. And I know <laughs> it feels like I'm trying to price this right, right. but that was the number that came into my head. There we I go. Think yeah. There is something to be said for a movie that achieves what it sets out to do, you yes. know? Mm-hmm. And I think this movie does that. And I, sometimes it's kind of like, especially when you think about, maybe these kinds of movies today or James Cameron movies today, like creativity needs a box to some extent. Yeah. So that you can be resourceful and crafty and try to find a way to make something that is really interesting. And sometimes I think when movies have too big a budget and they can do Mm -hmm. anything with everything and all the effects are there, it doesn't seem like the results that come back are proportional to the amount that goes into it. So Mm -hmm. like, I do think that there's something to be said about how effective this movie is with how little like if you were to tell him if, if we were to describe a movie about time travel in the future and kill a robot and all these things, like you would not expect a movie like this sort of tight, let's say, to come out of that. Yeah. Right. That conception. And I think it does that very well. Um, now that we've given our ratings, I will say uh, maybe I should have said this up front. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 100 percent critic review. Right. And 89 percent audience review. Yeah. Right. I, I, I do think you have to take. Rotten Tomatoes with a grain of salt for movies this old. Yes. Because I don't think it Absolutely. factors in, like, I think it's factoring in some, like, Reviews things that from... were written after yeah. the movie had been out for a while. I'm not really sure. But, yeah, it, it is, like, um, I think it's deserving of a, of a very high score. I think it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think the, the only reason I wouldn't say it's higher is because a- action's not my genre. Um, it's certainly not, like, a like it's not like everything is perfect, you know. No, uh, right. but it does kind of feel like you talk about old Hollywood. It does kind of feel like as time goes on, it will be one of these old Hollywood kind of movies. Oh, yeah. and I think for for like Gen X and even baby boomers to an extent, like this is their Matrix. Is mm-hmm. that movie like for us? The Matrix is like it kind of changed everything with action movies. Yeah. I think it's because it came out at an age when we were like well, it blew our minds and it kind of changed the way that we filmed and even thought about action movies. Mm-hmm. This was that so. When you look at it in that context at the time, it's like this is a very groundbreaking movie. And it's a very good point you made, Edwin, about and I think other artists have said this across music, uh, you know, art, film, whatever, is like when you have that sandbox, when you actually have less to play with, it can make something much better because you're really forced to get creative Mm -hmm. and be original. I mean, look, look at James Cameron's most recent movie, which is Avatar 2. I haven't seen it. No one's seen it, but it made all this money. (laughs) And all I hear is it's just this massive sprawling. You just don't. It's just way. There's too much shit on me. It's yeah, kind of yeah. <laughs> where that ends up at, and yeah. uh, and it's like no man. Even in musicians, like the early stuff, they were just making it when they had nothing, and it was so good. And now, or, and it's like now there's blank check, whatever you want. It's yeah. much harder to make something. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. with that, he, he's he, the first Star Wars versus the later Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Trilogy, yeah. Right. even the ones that come out now. Yeah, right. Yeah, 
Right. Yeah, I think like James Cameron after this going on to be like one of the biggest filmmakers of all time. Like yeah. you know, I mean, I'm sure, like you said, I, I'm sure this this movie probably like you know defined action movies for for many many years to come after that. Um, like yeah, you Commando know, came out the next year. He he's got a wow. he's got a, a a great imagination, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think and, and but if you give someone with a a, a great great imagination like just free reign to, to do whatever they want. It, you start to get, you know, blue people in a, in a totally, <laughs> you know, computer animated world. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think, I think someone like someone like him might need budgetary constraints or, or sure. a, or a co-writer, you know, or something like that mm-hmm. um, who can sit there and say, you know, we can edit this part out, James. It, it's not necessary. <laughs> <don't need> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I think he went up in my book a little bit after watching this for sure. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, couple fun questions here. Do you, do you have a favorite kill from the movie? Favorite favorite action moment? Favorite stunt? We'll mm. say. Um, boy, I mean, for Rem- me, it's probably uh, it's probably I'll be back. That's probably the easy one. You yeah, know? sure. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, so many people just get blasted with a shotgun. A lot mm-hmm. of people get shot in the back. In Body count's movie. really yeah. high. Really, yeah. really high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that was kind of surprising. And I mean, what's kind of nice about a movie like this, too, is I mean, like, even though people are dying everywhere, it wasn't a bloodbath, which I'm sure yeah. was, you know. It wasn't way... gory. Yeah. But no, it was very it wasn't violent. gory. Yeah. yeah. It was very violent, but not gory. Mm-hmm. Um, uh I don't know. That's a tough one. I, I don't. I don't have one on the top off the top of my head because a lot of people just kind of get shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe the guy who gets that he just like shoves That's his fist into my his. pick was the yeah. the punk whose heart he just rips out. Yeah, I mean, talk about a tone setter. Yeah, at that, the beginning that was <laughs> it's just like yeah, this guy is he's not a guy first of all, <laughs> and uh, he's he's just gonna keep. Moving forward towards Sarah Connor. Yeah, sorry. That's back on, back on the punks though. Bill Paxton's like tattoo that's like just a tire going across his face. I love that. <laughs> awesome. I love, that was definitely like one of those that- like I can just see like you know <laughs> them discussing what kind of face tattoo he's gonna have, and that's great three person Halloween costume. <laughs> yeah, those, those Ooh, three yeah, punks. That is good. Yeah, I like that. And the, and the, they're like, what are they doing? Like on one of their like punk nights out, they're looking through the telescope at the observatory. <laughs> Give me a turn, bro. Like <laughs> just like what? <laughs> well, to be fair, they spent all their money dying and shaping that guy's hair. Yeah, so. yeah. So, you know, blue spikes. <laughs> Yeah, we need tattoos some, are expensive. Yeah. We, we're down to our last three quarters. Yeah, we, let's go up to the observatory. <laughs> oh goodness! Um, I liked I liked uh, like re-slipping the pipe bomb in the in the skeleton there mm-hmm. uh, for yeah, the explosion. That really, that's yeah, good move. That's really cool. Great use of your last pipe bomb after really flubbing those Completely first five, wasting them because yeah. he made seven total is what they had. Because right. he makes the one, he's like six more. I think he throws five in the tunnel. Just mm-hmm. again, we were talking about how hard it would be. I think throwing a football to a moving <laughs> receiver is hard. How yeah. about waiting for the fuse to blow at the right time that the motorcycle is going to drive right over? It yeah. feels like so much more likely that either one you would wait too long to blow up in your hand, or you would drop it and it would blow up under your own car. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know, but then the last two are used very well one to blow up the truck he's driving mm-hmm. and then to actually blow the terminator up so mm-hmm. so good you good use of pipe bombs reese mm-hmm. you finally figured it out you yeah. really saved yourself there <laughs> mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, I think I think I think Sarah Connor had the best. I think the Get Up Soldier that was probably the best. You know, teamwork award going on there. Mm. She really, she really found something there. Yeah. Um, because Reese was injured the last like twenty minutes. He's pretty. Mm. It's pretty yeah. out of. Commission. He goes a long way after being shot. Yeah. <laughs> That guy can take a bullet, you know. Good <laughs> what does him. he say? I caught one. <laughs> yeah, I caught one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, you see, really went through the meat. But <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But you know, the, truly a father for a future super soldier, yeah. uh, in John mm-hmm. Connor, um, mm-hmm. a guy who can fight through pain and adversity. Mm-hmm. And 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 when we get to T two, if you do watch T two, I mean. Oh, I will. Uh, yeah, Linda Hamilton. I will do it on this podcast. I'm gonna awesome. wait. I'm gonna wait. Yeah, and, no, let's and do it we'll, here. we'll get around to it someday. Yeah. How about if we're still doing this in a year? We do T two. <laughs> I think we should do it way sooner than that. Way sooner than that. <laughs> okay. All right. Just saying. <laughs> I just think every year we do the podcast, we do the next Terminator, no matter what. <laughs> That's how we like Terminator Genesis, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have to get there eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Terminator Dark Fate. Y- anything else for us, Edwin? No, I just uh, very very fun to have this discussion about this movie that I really love. Uh, I'm glad you liked it. And yeah, actually, when yeah. did you first? What's your what's your relationship to this movie? Why you know, did you pick this one? Well, you know, it's for me. This is let's, a movie. Let's that, wait an hour into the podcast before <laughs> I ask you that. <laughs> well, it's the most important thing is what what do I have to say yeah. about me. My Why did you bring us this movie? movie? <laughs> well, I think it was a movie that my dad brought to me when mm. I was a kid, and being like, you know, let's watch the. That was a thing, you know, again, of the time growing up where you go to video stores and you pick out a movie to watch with your family. Like, so uh, many times, you know, my dad would would say, like, you haven't seen this movie? Let's watch this movie. We're going to watch this tonight. You were his captive audience. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. uh, (laughs) That's what kids are. (laughs) I remember this is one that I really enjoyed from that. And it was very different from what I expected because I remember as a kid, like, going to Universal Studios and seeing all the Terminator things and their Terminator video games and the arcades and stuff Mm -hmm. and not really knowing what all that was besides Man versus Machine. And, And then actually watching this movie... And then we watched T2, I think, right after. And, like, they're, they're very different. And yeah. this movie was not what I was expecting it to be. Um, but really, really enjoying it. And always kind of holding on to, like, it. it's for a movie that has such an outsized place in pop culture and reputation and iconic lines and Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff. Yeah. It's actually, like, a pretty tight sci-fi action movie. <laughs> it really and, is. And yeah. uh, it's one thing that I've always kind of, like, really yeah. appreciated. So, yeah. It kind of has become a victim of its own iconic moments. You know, it's just like the sunglasses, I'll be back. Mm-hmm. And it, it's sort of like it really reduces the movie mm-hmm. to that now. And it's like, yeah, it's, it is nice revisiting it mm-hmm. and just being like, God, this is this is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Even knowing all that, even having seen that stuff my whole life, like I was like all those moments felt, you know, like it all worked. It all yeah. totally worked. And I, I was yeah, I was I was I was in, man. I, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. thanks for thanks for showing it to me. For sure. Can't wait for the next one. Speaking of oh, the next one, okay. I believe the next film that we were going to cover together is... I think, yes. it, I think it's my turn yes. to bring this a This is movie. Sean's turn to bring a movie. And, and one that we had discussed yes. is Roger Rabbit. Roger, what did you say? The Batman. <laughs> the <laughs> Robert Pattinson in yeah. The Batman. Mm-hmm. Who framed Roger, Rad- Roger Rabbit? Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Roger Rabbit. Wait, say it one time cleanly. Let's do it clean here. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? There you go. That's the next movie. Uh, I have never seen this. Wow. Amazing. Um, It's been referenced, again, around me my whole life. Yeah. I can't say I've really pretended to seen it, but I just never talk when it gets brought up. I'm just like, I don't I've never seen it. Yeah. Uh, So I'm excited. So This will be a great one. And also within... 
our recordings for this show and our test recordings for this show, you have not been in this position before. I have not been the captive. The, the cap- That's right. The, the cap- person reacting. Yes. That's right. I have yeah. not been held captive yet. Man, you're um, going to hate it. a quick look i mean it came out the year i was born in 1988 yeah Mm -hmm. um but wait the less you know the better i would that's all that's all no -hmm. i'm just looking for where it's streaming guys stop doing that (laughs) so we can tell people that might want to watch it i think it's on disney plus okay cool disney plus it uh that is like Definitely one of my favorite movies as a kid growing up. Me too. Which is crazy Great. having seen it as an adult. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which it, it will all make sense in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anything about it. So yeah, if you if y'all listening haven't seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, go go check it out and uh, check us out next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't have a. Like, we don't have a sign off. We don't for have this a show. We'll, we'll let it all evolve <laughs> organically here. But um, I would say thanks for listening. Thank you for hanging out yeah. with us. If you've come over from our MSPC, our Michael oh, yeah. Scott podcast company feed, thank you for joining us and coming with us on this journey. Um, we should push that too. If, if you, you have it, sure. if you are new to this podcast, we also have a podcast about the Office called uh, yes. the Michael Scott Podcast Company that if, you should check out. If please do this, listener. If you are listening to this and you've never heard our Office podcast, please get in touch with us. I want to know. We would love to meet you because <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people are going to come over from our other shows. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so I'd like to know if, if is this hitting people who've never yeah messed with our Office podcast. At, at this point in time, you can email us at mspodcastcompany at gmail dot com. I, I guess we're going to have to we're going to have to make some social media accounts. We'll need it. to mm-hmm. get. We're, we're just throwing this podcast. We'll build a around it yeah uh, this mm-hmm. is a this we'll is a field there. of dreams show um we'll just build it as we go here but once again thank you for yes. listening if you have suggestions or ideas for movies we could watch ideas for what you'd want to hear or see from this show in the future please let us know um we'd be happy to hear from you yeah, yeah. and we're trying we're trying to find some some guests uh so if you got mm-hmm. if you got a line on a good mm-hmm. good guest a big name guest let us if know you know james cameron christopher guester above <laughs> yeah. christopher guester <laughs> Yeah, Jim, if you're listening, you know, hit us up. Come on the show. Um, but just you can't bring Terminator. It's the only thing. Yeah. Different movie. He's like, you guys would do Avatar 2, Way of Water? Like, I was listening to the podcast, mm-hmm. and you all said that you haven't seen Avatar 2. You said you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. You said you didn't have plans. I would watch Avatar 2 if that were the case. I would, So too. the offer is on the table. Yeah. yeah. You know, every now and then we should probably do one where we do a movie none of us have seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably a good idea. Hey, that one day we'll one day we may get into the Patreon scenario or whatever and can hold ourselves and, captive. Yeah, the, the listeners can then. Uh, That's actually what we'll do on our Patreon. We'll yes, do, we'll, we'll give you a list of three to five movies or whatever that none of us have seen. Sure. You guys pick which one it is. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. Deal, deal. Uh, our Patreon is for our other show, so we'll again stay tuned to this. <laughs> we'll figure out what we're doing on that front, but yeah. Uh, Can't wait to fire up another movie with you guys soon. Yeah, me too. We'll be back. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.